Hi, this is Jimmy Webb, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you for joining us once again here at On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 455 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have an incredible guest joining us. Singer, songwriter, and composer extraordinaire Jimmy Webb is going to be joining us. Now, Jimmy did such songs as Up, Up, and Away. By the time I get to Phoenix, it's the worst that could happen. Galveston, MacArthur Park, and it goes on and on and on. He wrote all those songs, uh, songs for the Brooklyn Bridge and the Association and Glenn Campbell and just so many others. He's going to be joining us to talk about his career, his songs, and so much more. Be sure to stick around for that in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And, uh, yes, I am back. Uh, I had told you uh, at our last episode of 454 that uh, I would have a couple of weeks of uh, the uh, traveling, but uh, I was still going to come out with episodes and then probably miss a couple weeks after that. But uh, it's it's reversed. I just didn't have any good connections as I was traveling across country to uh, upload episodes or anything like that. So uh, here I am. I hit... Uh, Snowstorms, I hit tornadoes, I hit, uh, what else was there, thunderstorms, hailstorms, uh, heavy rainstorms, everything you can imagine. But uh, I did make it, I'm back, and here we are ready to go for episode 455 of On Screen and Beyond. Like I said, Jimmy Webb's coming up in a few minutes. It's time for Remake Madness. Remake Madness, Stephen King's Firestarter is getting a remake. Are you ready for that one? And The Great Outdoors, which originally starred John Candy, is headed for the remake world. And are you getting that they're still doing the 80s stuff over and over and over again? (laughs) Eventually, there will be no more 80s movies they can do. And they'll just do them over again, I guess. I don't know. And let's see, a new version of uh, the Don Quixote story will be coming our way. It's been done many, many times, but uh, they are planning to do it again, and it's going to be coming our way. And let's see, Anne Mahoney of the Sun Records and The Walking Dead has joined the cast. So we'll keep you informed as that comes uh, more news our way. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on Oscar and Beyond, upcoming new movies. New movies. Reese Weatherspoon will star in Home Again, and it's a romantic comedy, and that's coming your way this September in theaters. She plays a recently divorced woman who moves back to her hometown and lets three aspiring filmmakers stay in her guest room, and suddenly her ex-husband returns. And Leonardo DiCaprio will play the role of the first real-life Italian-American New York Police Department detective who was murdered while undercover in a foreign country. And that's based on a true story, of course. And uh, let's see. Helen Marin will star in Winchester. And this is the story of the woman who built the Winchester house 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 
for 38 years. Now, she, of course, was not the one that physically did the work, but she paid to have crews constantly working to try to keep the spirits away of all the people who had died by Winchester guns. So it sounds like an interesting story, and hey, it's Helen Marin. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City, Jeff Goldblum will be back in Jurassic World 2. Filming started uh, on the film already. Fear the Walking Dead's Cliff Curtis has signed on to appear in Avatar 2 as well as in all four of the proposed sequels. And 2019 will bring Godzilla 2. It has been confirmed. That's it for Sequel City. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, Rowan and Martin's Laughing, the complete series, arrives for the first time complete in its entirety on DVD with all 140 episodes. You can pre-order, and they're going on right now over at timelife.com slash laughing. And it's just in time for Laughing's 50th anniversary. And very shortly, we are going to be having George Schlatter. As our guest, the creator of Laughing on the show here at On Screen and Beyond. Stick around for that. We'll keep you informed when he's going to be a guest. And let's see, what else? Um, Girls Season 6 arrives on DVD and Blu-ray on July 25th. And August 8th, you can look for Blind Spot, the complete second season. And uh, that's going to be coming our way on Blu-ray and DVD. And let's see, we got one last one here, hot off the presses. It is right in my hands here. Hee-haw! Or you was gone. That's that's what it is, and that's also from Time Life, and that's going to be hitting the streets on June thirteenth, and uh, it's going to be bringing you some more of that craziness. It's a two disc set that showcases four classic episodes from nineteen sixty nine to nineteen seventy three of the Cornfield County sketches, uh, such as you were gone. And Pickin' and Grinnin', and Hey Grandpa, What's for Supper, and Archie's Barbershop. So uh, be sure to check those out if you like Tee Haw. That's a crazy show right there. And uh, that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? <laughs> movies on DVD, well, Disney's live-action version of Beauty and the Beast, which has been a big hit, lands on Blu-ray and digital HD on June 6th. June 13th, you can look for The Wedding Party, a rom-com that was uh, filmed in one continuous shot. And it's going to be arriving on Blu-ray and DVD or digital HD. And let's see, June 27th, you can look for T2, Train Spotting. It'll be hitting stores on Blu-ray and DVD. That's it for movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time.
TV and entertainment time. ABC has renewed Shark Tank for another season, and Dancing with the Stars and The Bachelor also have been renewed. And sadly, singer Greg Allman has passed away at the age of 69. And uh, also, this one's a little bit uh, old because we got the information right after our last episode, which is about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, But actor Michael Parks has passed away at the age of 77. He was, of course, on Then Came Bronson and many Quentin Tarantino movies. He died at the age of 77. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! (laughs) Celebrity birthdays. Well, today it is Gladys Knight's birthday. She's 74, May 29th. It looks like Mel B turns 42. And on May 30th, it is Winona Judd turning 53. And on May 31st, Clint Eastwood making your day. He's 87. And June 1st, you can look for Morgan Freeman to turn 80. On June 2nd, it's Dana Carvey. He's turning 62. And on June 3rd, Denise Williams, the singer, turns 67 years old. As far as listener birthdays, it is, uh, let's see here, um, Brandy T turns 25 of Ottawa, Canada, and that is on June 1st. So if you, a friend or a relative, are going to be having a birthday, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we will celebrate your birthday and wish you a happy birthday as well as our celebrity birthdays. And it's all right here, all over the world, on On Screen and Beyond. So be sure to do that. Give us a couple of weeks' notice, at least, you know, to help us uh, get it on on the right time. And uh, that's it. That is it for Celebrity and Listener Birthdays. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it is composer, songwriter, singer extraordinaire Jimmy Webb, who wrote Up, Up, and Away. He wrote It's the Worst That Could Happen. He wrote... By the time I get to Phoenix, Galveston, Alfred Glenn Campbell, Wichita Lineman, MacArthur Park, so many hits he's had. Jimmy Webb is next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is a multi-Grammy-winning singer, songwriter, and composer who has written so many hits, including Up, Up, and Away, The Worst That Could Happen, MacArthur Park, By the Time I Get to Phoenix, Wichita Lineman, and so many others. And he has a memoir out now called The Cake and the Rain. It's Jimmy Webb. Jimmy, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hi. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Jimmy, the first thing I have to tell you, it's a question of... Why did it take you so long to write this? I was so excited when I heard that you had this book coming out. Um, well, it it took me a while to live my life <laughs> and uh, raise six children and go through a divorce and you know get and sort of somehow or other get to be seventy years old and um, it's a kind of uh, it's a milestone in life. You can definitely. You know, not to not to be a downer, but you can sort of see the end of things, uh, and you can look back and you can see the long winding road, 
and you can see the high points, the low points, the places where you should have turned in a different direction. I don't, um, I don't really believe people when they say they wouldn't change a thing about the way they've lived their lives. I, I think that being human, that we, given the chance, we would all, we would all uh, do do some things differently. Mm-hmm. And so the book is kind of uh, exploring that realm as well, places where, um, you know, perhaps I didn't uh, make the right decision, but um, but carried on with the adventure and always, um, I don't know, em- uh, embraced and enjoyed my life. Mm-hmm. I don't regret it. Yeah. Did did you find it difficult to look back at at your life? Um, some of the stuff, you know, I mean, this is a fairly narrow bandwidth. I mean, this is from from um, um, forty six, you know, more or less the uh, my my birth until uh, you know I was about twenty one mm-hmm. or twenty two years old, so. Um, within that bandwidth, there's, 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 you know, there, there was precious little that I regretted, except, you know, on closer look, I, I think that I, I got, I got off into the world of, of drugs uh, and and alcohol uh, too young and and too deeply. Mm-hmm. And I think that some energy and a lot of time was wasted as a as a consequence of just participating in, you know, frankly, the activities that were going on all around me. Right. Yeah. How did you come up with the title? What What made you decide on that title? Well, the uh, you know, W. W. H. Alden wrote, you know, my my face is like a wedding cake left out in the rain, uh, which is a quote I remember from um, my college reading, which eventually uh, sort of found its way into the song MacArthur Park and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, the, meta, the metaphor is, is general and, and, and kind of rough, but uh, in a sense, the, the cake is life and the rain is time. And, um, you know, also, I talk quite a bit about the song MacArthur Park at the beginning of the book. Uh, there's a lot of curiosity out there about just what the heck does MacArthur Park really mean? What was the cake out in the rain? Which I've been asked, you know, a million times. Right. That's a conservative <laughs> estimate. Um, I won't ask you that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the book really, you know, goes right at that and, mm-hmm. and says, you know, among other things, that MacArthur Park was a real place on Wilshire Boulevard, and right, yeah, a place where I would regularly meet my girlfriend, and that was an ill-starred relationship that, um, you know, actually inspired quite a few of those songs uh, that that were hits for me in the late '60s and, and '70s. Mm-hmm. For those people, for those, you know aficionados, people who just love a story, really uh, to go into the background of how uh, some of these songs came about, Wichita Lineman, by the time we get to Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly MacArthur Park is taken care of 
Um, it's uh, it's it's a view. It's a view uh, from a, a a songwriter's perch, which is uh, different from being an artist or uh, a movie star or uh, a big agent or. You know, being a songwriter is pretty close to the bottom of the totem pole, and people don't really notice you're there much. So a lot a lot of things go on right in front of you that probably wouldn't go on if you were, like, more important. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say you're not important. <laughs> believe me. <laughs> well, songwriters, believe me, are not that important in the world of show business. <laughs> or at least they're not treated like they are, I should say. <laughs> Well, there are times when you're treated extremely well because you're you're hot. You right. have a, yeah. a record. You know, um, I talk about Elvis in the book. You know, I I I knew him. I spent you know three or four evenings with him up in Vegas in, in his suite. You know, partying after shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, I was simply asked to leave. Uh, really, Tom Parker just said. I don't guess we'll be seeing much of you around here anymore, and and that was the uh, that was the end of me and Elvis. Uh, wow! So uh, you know that's the terrain. You know you're you're in you're in today, you're gone tomorrow, and the thing is, I just kept my my eyes open. I I remember things. I'm your worst nightmare. I remember. <laughs> I remember what people do do and say. Yeah. Wow. Do you find sometimes I put it in songs? This time, I decided to you know expand the model and you know break out of the three minute song, which is a very very restrictive Mm -hmm. art form, and uh, just take the freedom of you know one hundred twenty thousand words and see what I could do with it. Wow. Huh. Do you find that most of your songs are based on life effects that were going around, rooted in the in your life around you at the time? You know, um, I, I've talked to a lot of songwriters in my life. Uh, you know, I, I sit on the board of directors at ASCAP now for, you know, 15, 16 years. And one of the guys who I used to sit with was David Raxon. And uh, uh, Raxon wrote Laura just a face on a passing train. Actually, he wrote the melody. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him about Laura one day, because it's such a, I don't know, quintessential um, standard. I mean, it's it's the standard in some sense, you know. Um, and uh, I found out that he, he wrote Laura when he was living in Hollywood. His wife, his wife, his wife was living in new york and they they broke up they broke up on the telephone she she said she was leaving him on the telephone and he was sitting he was practically sitting at the piano and he went he went straight over to the piano and wrote the first da 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 you know he wrote that first line yeah. you know so I've found it to be almost universally true that the great songs are inextricably tied off against real events, real real 
you know, either the real ecstasy of a relationship or, or the, you know, the hard knocks when it comes up short. Uh, I just think that most so- songwriters do write some form of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And rarely have I ever asked anybody about a song that they haven't said, oh, um, I remember the night I wrote that song. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was either... I, I remember Mac Davis um, saying to me um, about that great hit he wrote, "Baby, Baby, Baby, Don't Get Hooked on Me." Right. Yeah. That uh, they were in the studio, and that the that the uh, engineer and the producer like heckling him and say, "Come on, can't you? Don't you have something with a hook?" <laughs> <laughs> it kept saying, "Give us something with a hook." <laughs> so he went back in the storeroom and wrote. Baby, baby, don't get hooked on me. It's a kind of a joke. Yeah. He's a very smart guy. Uh-huh. And there you go. You know, it was a it was a huge hit. Yeah. So sometimes the stories are funny. Sometimes they're, in my case, they're very much about relationships. They're, mm-hmm. I tend to think cinematically, and, and I see big pictures in my head sometimes. And and those, those songs, those pictures will become songs that you know sometimes hopefully they have a lot of uh, an almost cinematic sweep to them as in uh wichita lyman or perhaps highwayman right yeah um and um and as a matter of fact i'm also like a helpless film buff i'm i'm just you know, I'm just tied to the screen. I've mm-hmm. been a, I've been a watcher ever since I was eight years old, and a, and a reader. Um, and I hope to actually get involved in that. Uh, I still have some things I want to do, and and one of them would be to commit a story to the to a, to a screenplay format. Wow, that would be good. Yeah. Now- you mentioned you're involved with screenwriting and everything. Uh, I mean, uh, songwriting rather. Uh, boards. Now, what would you give? The, the what's the biggest advice that you could give to a new songwriter? Um. Well, I I, 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 I would dispense two bits of advice. One of them is to listen to all the great songwriters. Uh, you know, I mean. You could you could start simply by listening to the Beatles really carefully mm-hmm. to all their songs and the way they're put together, but don't stop there. Go back to Burt Backrack and Hal David, and oh, then yeah. become really adventurous and, and listen to Harold Arlen, listen to Yip Harburg, uh, listen to uh, Richard Rodgers and Larry Hart, and and go back even further and listen to Jerome Kern. Um, and really, and really find out what the history is of what it is that you're attempting to to execute. Um, a lot of a lot of young songwriters don't mess with that at all, and it shows up. Mm-hmm. You can tell. Yeah. Um. So that would be one bit of advice: is to steep yourself in the in the literature of songwriting, which is a rich, wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. And you come out of it knowing a lot, knowing a lot about your craft. The second thing would be to write a lot of songs. I mean, 
be prepared to write 50 or 100 songs every couple of years and never uh, never get hung up on a song to the point where you can't throw it out immediately, wad it into a tight ball of paper and toss it in the wastebasket. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, getting involved too deeply with your songs is a mistake because you, you tend to hold on to them and and you tend to to want to wanna force others to like your songs. But you, you have to float with that. Mm-hmm. And you have to sort of let let the enchantment alight on whatever song it chooses and and then go with go with that. Go with the song that people like. You know, don't try to force your opinions about music on other people. Hmm. All right, great. That would be my advice. Yeah. Now, I know I've asked a lot of musicians and, and singers and, and artists and, and people in the music industry this question, and I, I'm going to ask you, even though I know usually what people end up saying, but of all the songs you've written, is there any one that is your you know number one? No, not really. I, I have to tell you, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I know that... That's a, that's a nice, you know, concise question. Uh, but I don't. I'm not a list maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I could, I could sort of name my top ten favorite movies, and then tomorrow it would be different. Right. <laughs> uh, as far as my own songs go, uh, some of them I'm very proud of. Uh, the Moon Is a Harsh Mistress. Uh, as recorded by Leonard Ronstadt and Joe Cocker and others. Um, I think I wrote a what might have been a great song uh, when I was working for Johnny Rivers Music called Do What You Gotta Do, which was recorded by Nina Simone and then Roberta Flack and then uh, Linda Ronstadt again. Uh, Wichita Lyman is not a bad song. It seems to have lasted a long lot longer than I would have guessed it would. Um, so, I mean, those those are among my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Glenn recorded a lot of things. I mean, he recorded a lot of your music. Uh, you must have been good friends. We were friends for 50 years. Um, you know, it, it, the relationship started out a little bumpy. I was, I was a little, uh, you know, dressed to the left, and he was a little bit dressed to the right. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I, I, I remember the first thing he ever said to me was when you, when are you going to get a haircut? That's the first thing he ever said to me because <laughs> I had walked in, you know, fresh from Mon- from the Monterey pop festival, which yeah. is, was my idea of being with my people. Mm-hmm. What did you think when he said that? I was a little bit shocked. I was a little bit taken aback at first, but then I realized, you know, I have to tell you, you'd be surprised. A lot of people did feel that way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, some people would get downright hostile about long hair. Wow. Um, but uh, you know, he and I, you know, we bounced off that obstacle, and and pretty pretty soon, you know, not I was I was I had cleaned up my act a little bit and was you know wearing a suit every once in a while, and I think Glenn had let his hair grow a little bit. <laughs> And we were kind of in the middle. We found a 
working place, uh, a sort of playing field where we could relate musically, and we never looked back because we were just, it, it almost seemed like we were destined to work, to create music together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His voice and my songs were kind of divine together. Right, yeah. It's such a such a sad thing with his Alzheimer's and. Well, you know that's been uh, a tremendous tragedy uh, mm-hmm. for yeah. everybody in America. Because, right. Um, you only have to think of the the albums that Glenn would have made, and by you know by now he would have made five or six more albums at least, and and he would have gone on probably to make another ten or twenty albums mm-hmm. if Alzheimer's hadn't intruded. Um. And it's it's uh, you know it's a very painful thing to 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 watch someone with so much going upstairs with so much brain power to um, uh, and just raw talent just the gifts his voice his virtu- virtuosity on the guitar which was unparalleled well maybe paralleled by a couple of guys but unexcelled yeah yeah, yeah. and um, you you know you watch that begin to erode, and it's hard to think of a sadder thing. Uh, but he took it like a hero, and he I mean Glenn when Glenn found out he had Alzheimer's, he said, "Well, I'm not finished yet," you know, <laughs> and uh, proceeded to get the band together and rehearse and and go out on the road, mm-hmm. uh, and. You know, actually, on June, I believe it's June sixth. Um, there's another, another beautiful, wonderful Glenn Campbell record coming out called Adios. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I have uh, four songs on that, including the eponymous Adios. Uh, and there I have three others. So I'm very, very proud of it. Wow. All songs that Glenn loved. He covers things like "Don't Think Twice" and. Things that you wouldn't probably associate him with immediately, but they were all songs that he really loved. Yeah. So, wow. I think that's going to be a big treat for the fans and uh, and uh, people who loved his music, and, and maybe perhaps even people who've never heard him before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Jimmy, I, there's so little time and so many questions I could ask you, but I appreciate you taking this time. Um, I'd like to finish up with two quick final questions. Okay. All right. Uh, uh-huh. Taking us away from your music and everything, and you mentioned that you're a big movie fan. So uh, when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite movies now and of the past, and what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? Uh, well, uh, you know... Uh, that's a, that's a very very good question. I, I'll start with television shows. My favorite television show in a long time was the original true crime uh, series with Woody Harrelson and Michael uh, Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the the performances on that tape and it just the kind of spookiness of that whole depiction. It was, uh, it was, you know, I hate the cliche, must-see TV, but really I'm so disappointed if I ask someone if they've seen that and they say no, and I say, oh, no, you, well, you really have to see that. Yeah. Um, 
as far as as favorite favorite films of the past um by far my favorite film of the past is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea with James Mason oh, okay. and Douglas yeah um and of course from Disney Studios and I I have a I collect some movie memorabilia, but I have a lot of Nautilus stuff in my office. I have quite a few built-up models of the Nautilus, and I have some of Harper Goff's drawings of the Nautilus and of Nemo's costume. Wow. Uh, and, they, and they really are just, you know, my most prized possessions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh, contemporary cinema... Um, um, I'm trying to think of what I would pick right now. Um, you know, um, I loved, this isn't, this isn't in the immediate present, but I loved Clint Eastwood's, uh, The Unforgiven. Good film, yes. And I loved Howard Shore's score. I thought the score was just phenomenally great uh it just like took me back to all those westerns that i saw when i was a kid but it was better Mm -hmm. yeah it was just a really really outstanding movie um and uh i don't know i really you know I, i can't really come up with anything off the top of my head right now that's fine but that's um it takes me a while to decide what I like, anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. I know what you mean. But, uh, Jimmy... Not that there aren't some great movies out, out there. I mean, I loved the uh, the Batman trilogy with Christian Bale. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a tremendous mistake to drop Christian Bale as, as Batman. Mm-hmm. I loved... Um, Spectre. I thought Spectre was a great movie, and I thought it had a great score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the Bond film. So that's you know I'm I'm a mainstream you know guy. I'm yeah. not really an art film guy. Yeah, yeah. Even though I loved Picnic at Hanging Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's love it. Love that movie. Yeah. Huh. Well, so that gives you some idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, people can keep in contact to find out what's going on as far as your music and everything by going to jimmyweb.com, correct? Yes, they can. We'd love to hear from everybody because we're we're out, you know, actively promoting and trying to sell this book now. And uh, it's going really well, but we could always use a few more, uh, you know, uh, persons who would be interested in uh, the website, the book, the, the concert events schedule, the you know upcoming projects, including a kind of a semi-secret movie thing that I'm working on. I'm not really ready to talk about it yet. Uh, we'll have to have you on again. <laughs> uh, I'd love to come on again. So let's just let's leave it at that. All right. Well, Jimmy, yes, and everybody should be sure to check out your your book, The Cake and the Rain. It's available now, and they can get it. It's a good read. It's a good summer book, I promise you. Yeah, great. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much. It's been an honor to have you on the show. Thank you. 
big thank you going out to Jimmy Webb for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. What a great guest, and uh, hopefully he'll be back again, like we mentioned while we were talking, and he'll be back and tell us a little bit more about the you know the other things that he's got going on. But uh, this time, be sure to check out his book. Uh, it's, it's it's a great book, and uh, you want to check that one out. Uh, we have so many people who who write books, but you read them, and the stories are so fascinating. It's just a it's just a Really fun to listen to them tell us what they uh, can to, to kind of get us in the mood to read the book. And um, got to check that one out from Jimmy Webb. And let's see, we are moving along. I got, uh, like I said, uh, we have uh, more guests coming our way here at On Screen and Beyond. And one of them very shortly will be George Slaughter, who was the creator of Laugh In. And uh, we got a you know, you just got to hear him talk about the show. And uh, we got so many things we can ask him. And that's coming up uh, very shortly. So be ready for that. And as always, there's a whole bunch of other guests coming our way. And now I think uh, I'm finally done traveling. I've done quite a bit of traveling lately. So I don't think I'm going to be moving around too much. So the show should be coming at regular intervals, just like we usually do, uh, without these little interruptions that uh, I've uh, hit the bumps along the way. But we hope we will keep going uh, at the, uh, our usual pace. So uh, if you have a suggestion for a guest, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I love hearing from you. If you just want to chat, you can do that, too, at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And that's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.